0: Hey, Promisers, great to see you this weekend. Man, we love you guys so much. Every campus, internet, God Behind Bars, both of the prisons, every location. and we're super ecstatic that you're here this weekend. We love you guys, Michelle and I. What a privilege it is to get to lead this congregation. Hey, we just finished March Madness. Come on, somebody, was that a great series? People are being set free, people are walking in financial freedom, people are moving in the process of of budgeting and generosity and and hundreds of families last weekend said, we wanna up our game in the generosity journey. And and that funds what God wants to do. It funds the vision, it funds that we can make a difference. And so I'm so grateful for your heart of generosity for really a revival of obedience that happened that people said yes to the word of God. Some of you with fear and trembling, I got it, man. Listen, faith doesn't mean you're not afraid. It means moving on anyway. So thank you guys so much. I know you enjoyed Coach when he preached a couple weekends ago, and man, it's just exciting what God is doing. I really do wish all of you were here with us. Behind me is the city of God, but this is Zion, the city of David. Matter of fact, God said, this is the city this is the place where I will put my name, where I will hang my hat. And I love it here. And I love to bring people here. God is opening the eyes of, of all the folks who came this year. We're gonna come again in October of 18. And if you want, could be a part of that, we'd love to have you. But as we walk the steps of Jesus, as we prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed and was broken over what He was about to face. so. You're looking behind me, it it is just amazing. You're gonna see some shots I'm gonna describe for you this weekend, and it's gonna be the same thing next weekend. Because we're sitting here now, less than two weeks from Easter. Now, Easter Sunday is two weeks away, but as you know, we start Easter early, and so for some of our campuses, we're a week and a half away, we'll start Wednesday night with our youth services and families will come who don't normally come to our church and students that are here that'll bring lost dads and moms and sisters and brothers, and it's gonna be radical, it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. So God is at work, so it's, it's really a week and a half and our Easter services begin. It's gonna be a gospel explosion. We do different things every year, but this year we're gonna do a short film, really cool music, and we're gonna have a clear presentation of the shepherd fighting for the sheep, coming after those people who were not in his flock. And so it is gonna be the primary, it's gonna be the perfect time to invite friends and family members. Matter of fact, we're have almost 40 services so that you can You can even come back, you can bring your neighbors one service, other people, but that is what our Easter celebration is all about. The ability of you to bring people where we are prepared and clearly communicate the gospel. And uh, so it is, is, it's critical. And listen, I wanna challenge you, bring the right people. Bring people that are far from God. Don't bring family members and friends that are part of other churches but, but bring people, because it's gonna be an explosion, just like e, G, Jesus exploded out of the tomb on Easter Sunday. People are gonna experience an explosion of Easter miracle as they are born again. So let's bring the right people. I, I really think last year we had almost 18,000. Can I just be raw and real? I think a bunch of those people we brought because we wanna show them how cool we were, but they already know Jesus and they took up a seat of a lost person I'd rather have less people this Easter and more people that do not know Jesus and see more people come more people be saved at Easter so pray with me work with me the next two the next week and a half we are solely focused on what God is gonna do this Easter so this weekend and next weekend we're gonna shoot on location and we picked these positions for a reason because they are two of the most prominent and important places in all of the Bible, and you're gonna see why. At Faith Promise, I'm gonna tell you where we're at in just a few minutes, but at Faith Promise, we've asked God and we continue to ask God to break our hearts for people that are far from Him. That we would not be so consumed with ourselves that we become consumers, but that we would truly, in fact, be believers who are reaching out to people that are far from God and that's what we do so often so months ago I began to truly intercede for this season to ask God God what do you want us to do God how can we reach the most people what are the things that we need to do and I began to pray God would you give faith promise a, a biblical burden for people that are far from you God would you just inject what into everyone Art of courage and boldness that we would invest in and invite people that are far from you. Some people, you, you're afraid to ask. Can I tell you, if you'd have seen me before I was saved, you probably wouldn't have invited me to church. But if someone would have, I may not have gone to the depths of hell that I went to. The psalmist said, no man cared for my soul, and that's how I felt. Jesus literally had to come to me because nobody would. And so let's go to those people. They never come, don't say no for someone. Go ahead and invite them. Co-workers, you say, you don't understand. Listen, the apostle Paul was killing Christians when God struck him down on the Damascus Road and invited him into his kingdom. So it, it's just primary. So as I begin to ask the Lord, Lord, for 35 years, you've given me a biblical burden for people that are far from you, why? Why is it that Faith Promise is so consumed with the lost? Why is it that, that so many of my pastor friends, it, it's not even an issue. It's not even on the radar screen. So God, why? What is it? What's the deal? Why? why? It's just because honestly, it's so much easier to be just consumed with the church. You just make the sheep fat, hang out, just you know drink, drink coffee with the saints and play golf and forget about those that are going to hell. And so what God did is the Lord brought me back. And, and here's what He did for me, and it was such a reinvigoration and a re for me. He brought me back to sermons that shaped me when I was first saved. He brought me back to topics that transformed me, literally to words that wrecked me and messages that marked me for eternity. God tattooed my heart took a stylus and wrote on my heart. That's what the, the the biblical author said. God would take an iron stylus and write on our hearts his word. And that's what God did for me. What were the two topics that transformed me, the two topics that, that terrorized my heart? One was hell, and the other was the second coming. Those two things, can I tell you why? It bothers me more than most people that hear those topics. Every single person that I knew on planet Earth was going to hell and everybody that I knew on planet Earth, if Jesus would have come back then, they were gonna be left behind. That wrecked my life. Can can I tell you, it consumed my thoughts day and night and God began to form me, God began to take these biblical truths and, and I'm not exaggerating, for two years after I was saved, I didn't date, I didn't do anything, And every night I cried myself to sleep. Why? Because everybody I knew was going to hell, and everybody I knew was going to be left if Jesus came back. Can I ask you a question? Hey, if you listen, say, I am. Do you know people that if they die today, they're going to spend forever apart from God? Do you know people that if Jesus comes back right now while we're here together around the Word of God, do you know people that will be left behind? We all do. So what we've got to do is get busy. We need a biblical burden. We need God to take this and wreck our hearts, that God would so burden us for our family and friends that it would move us into action. Now, I'm I'm just thrilled to report to you that over the coming years, my family and friends, one by one, came to Christ. But can I tell you, this weekend and next weekend, it is my earnest prayer. It is my deepest desire and it is the will of our Father that you receive the same kind of burden that God injected into me, that you receive the same kind of tattoo on your spirit, that you get injected with the same burden, that you have the same passion, that God robs some of your sleep and God fills your tear ducts. And God, like the prophet said, oh, that my head were a river and my eyes would weep day and night. Come on church, somebody. Man, we've got to care about people. Who are you bringing Easter that's far from God? Who are you gonna invest in, invite and care for and pray that they come? So who? what I'm, I'm asking God to do is this weekend and next weekend that God take his word and God will wreck you to the point of action. See, cause so many of us here, we say, oh, oh, I feel that. Oh, somebody should do something about that. Oh, that's so terrible. That's so important. And then we get in front of our lazy boys and we click our television on and we binge watch on Netflix and we forget that there's a world that's just sailing into hell. That people that are gonna be let behind, why? Because the world is here to distract us. Even around me, we're outside. Around me, there are dogs barking. There There are horns honking and people think, hey, I wonder what that is. It's the world of distractions. And the world is here, shiny, glittery, pain and problems to keep us off mission, to keep us off vision. And that is making it hard to go to hell. That is winning our family and friends. Come on, let's let's focus. Let's 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 adjust. When I was flying an airplane, I had a directional gyro. And I would, I would literally sometimes call ATC, air traffic control, and get my exact heading because the Drexel gyro would slowly get off. Hey Christians, we get off course. This weekend and next weekend, we're gonna, we're gonna hear air traffic control. We're gonna hear from heaven, and we're gonna get our DGs back in because we have family and friends, and we are off mission. We've got to get back on vision because if Jesus comes back, they are gonna be left behind. Let me tell you why I picked this spot. I picked this spot because you could see the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is very clear in the Old Testament. When the Messiah comes back, that's where he's showing up. It says in Zechariah, actually the prophet I named my youngest son after, Zechariah chapter 14, verse four. In that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And the on the Mount of and the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from the east to the west by a very large valley, so that half of the mount will move toward the north and the other half toward the south. We are right here. You are looking at footage right now of when the Messiah returns, where he's going to plant his feet. That's why we wanted to record this message for you this weekend, so that we will see right here it is when he returns across. The Mount of Olives, you see the you see the Temple Mount, and there is an Eastern Gate because that's where Messiah is going to go through in His triumphal entry when 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 He goes. Now, can I tell you? There's some believers that doubt. I wonder if Jesus is coming back. You know what shocks me? The Muslims believed it, because as you could see on the wall on the Eastern Gate, they blocked it up with bricks, and then they put a Muslim cemetery in front because they thought that that would stop the Messiah. Oh, my mercy, to believe that a few blocks will stop the Son of God when he returns. It's just like the Pharisees. They thought when they had the Romans hang him on a cross, when they put him in tomb, they thought their trouble was gone. They believed that their pain was over, that that Jesus, that, that guy who was stirring up trouble out there. But can I tell you, the death couldn't stop him and the grave couldn't hold him. And on Easter Sunday morning, boom, he was out of that grave and he was right back in so listen everyone there believed that the messiah was coming back my goodness see when jesus came the first time he came as the lamb of god he came as as isaiah's suffering messiah who would take upon the sins of the world matter of fact john saw when he was coming down the hill toward the jordan to be baptized John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He came first as a sacrificial lamb. He came first as one that would pay our penalty, pay our tab, punch our ticket so that our sins could be forgiven. He's coming back next. The prophet Isaiah said he would be a dread champion. Zachariah said his feet would land on this mountain. And let me tell you, he could come back today. If he comes back, oh what a day it will be. We'll rejoice. We'll be with him forever in heaven. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be glorious. Except for the people that will be left. The people that will miss. The people that will be left behind and will be will be taken out. It's got to matter to us. Jesus teaching in Matthew 24 and 25. It was uh, some of the most significant teaching. He was answering questions, and one of the questions was about His coming again. And He said in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 29, But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, this sky, the eastern sky, And all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in the uh, clouds of the sky with great power and great glory. He came first as a humble servant. He will come next on a white stallion, stampeding through the eastern sky, and landing on the Mount of Olives. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. He's talking about you, and he's talking about me. Those of us that are born again, He is coming. His angels are going to get us, and we will. We are going to Him, and we will ever be with Him in the clouds. He's coming, and we're going to sail on, and it's going to be wonderful. What a precious promise! He goes on in Matthew 24 and continues. It continues teaching and expounding the what we need to be thinking of, what what need, what we need to be doing. Let me pick it up in verse 35. The heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away but the day and the hour no one knows he's answering the he's answering the question of when his return will be in that day no one knows not even the angels of heaven nor the Son but the Father alone for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah now Jesus is speaking to a Jewish group who understood the Old Testament who got when he said, Noah, there was no one in the room that did not understand his meaning because they had heard, they had learned about it in Sabbath school and they got it. Some of you here, and man, we're thrilled you're here, but you didn't grow up in church. You didn't grow up dining on the word. And you say, who in the world is Noah? He's the dude that built the boat and got all the animals and sailed on when God flooded the earth because of the sin of the people. But what he's about to tell us is everybody was partying. Everybody was having a great time. They were giving in marriage. They were building houses and planting gardens. And Noah began to say, hey, it's gonna rain. The wrath of God is gonna come. And they mocked him and they laughed at him. But Noah spent 120 years building this gigantic ark, this boat that God had told him to build. And yet the people, nobody cared, nobody paid attention. And you know what, some of your family and friends, they know you go to church, but they don't pay any attention to the things of God or the house of God all that's going on, we get that. But listen, we who understand must be warned and ready. That's what he said. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Because when God said get in the boat, that's the day the rains flooded. And the people begged to get in, but it was too late. See God, Noah did not shut the door on the ark, God did. And the rains came, and they began to beat on the ark, saying, let us in. But Noah could not let them in because Noah didn't close the door. There's going to be a last Easter. There's going to be a last sermon. There's going to be a last opportunity. And so he said, that's, that's, what's, that's what's going on. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. We'll be taken away. And our family and friends, they're going to be left behind. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. There'll be two people on the football field, on the golf course, in the workplace, in the classroom. There'll be two people in the mall. There'll be two people cruising. There'll be people watching TV. One will be taken. That will be you if you're a believer and one will be left that are those that are not ready. Therefore, God says, be on the alert for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been on alert and would not have let his house to be broken into. For this reason, you've got to be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you do not think he will. But who then is the faithful and sensible slave who master put him in charge of his household to give them food at their proper time? That's us. He's been giving us food, the word of God. He's given us the gospel. We are the faithful and sensible servants, and we've got to be ready and warn people and prepare people. Blessed is the slave whom his finds doing so when he comes. Folks, it is such a clear warning from our master. It's such a clear teaching. It goes on, you could we could pick it back up in First Thessalonians chapter five, and am I gonna take time to read that? But verse 5, 1 through 6, Paul literally quotes Jesus and says that the day of the Lord's coming will be like a thief in the night. We've got to be sober and alert. We've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. Those of us that are born again are looking and longing for His appearing. We're excited that He's coming, but we've got to help those that are not ready get ready. Does that make sense? Again, for us, the promise of His return makes every day a great day. Man, Jesus said, look to the eastern sky. This is the sky. This is the mountain. This is the place where he's coming. He's he's coming right here. And uh, the price that he paid on the cross for our pardon, it's matchless. It's wonderful. The joy and anticipation, the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all that he gave us is wonderful. But hey, can I ask you, where is the burden for those of us that are in about those of us that are not? Should we care? Should it matter to us that we have family and friends that are going to be left behind? Should should we really worry about who we're going to get to to one of our 40 Easter services? Should that should we care? Should we bring them? I mean, come on, let's be real. Is it that big a deal? Well, if you believe the Bible, if you believe that Jesus is coming back, that it's a bigger deal than you could fathom. It's a bigger deal than you could actually imagine. It should matter to you. So Easter, I'm going to tell you one again what we're going to do. Hey, we're going to be a clear gospel presentation. Short film, really cool, really hipster kind of stuff. Our Man, our young adults, our our next gen, and man, our our young adults are going to love it. And so it's just, it's going to be a gospel presentation. Jesus said, If the homeowner had known what hour the thief was coming, he would have been ready and he would not have allowed a house to be broken into. I know some of you guys in East Tennessee, you'd have been waiting with the militia. You'd have been there with your guns and your friends and nobody was gonna break in your house because you'd have been on the alert. You'd have been ready. So we who are believers, Jesus warns us, be alert and be ready for I'm coming at the hour that you do not know you gotta be ready it's just like the days of no where you're gonna be living life you're gonna be living large and in charge and boom i am busting this eastern sky and my angels are going to get my people and i'm taking them to heaven and then again it's thrilling but while we are here we've got to care for those who are not going to does that make sense it's got to matter to us that's why paul the apostle said that he went from door to door with tears he said that no measure was too much that there was no link that he would not go to. There was no mountain he would not climb, no sea he would not swim, no army he would not fight, that he could not get the gospel to people that are far from him. He wept and when he would leave a city he said, my hands are clean of the blood of all men in the city. I've done everything I can do. Hey, Promiser, can you tell me right now, could you stand before God and say, Pastor, my hands are clean, from the blood of all my family and my friends, my coworkers, my teammates, my classmates, I've done everything I can do to live before them, to share before them, to love before them, and ask. See, if Jesus is coming back, and I believe that He is, it ought to shape our sharing. So now my question is, who you bringing? Who you getting? Now, if you, if if God was to was to appear in your campus right now and say, "I'm coming back. My son's coming back in 24 hours." Would you change your agenda for the next 24 hours? See, some things that are very important to you, they're on your daytime or you've got them on your iPhone. You've got everything planned for the next 24 hours and there's some really important appointments. But if you were to know that Jesus would not come, was coming back in 24 hours, those things that are primary, those things that are important would no longer matter your manicured yard, your clean house, nothing. You would spend 24 hours, you wouldn't sleep, you wouldn't eat, you go to everybody you knew and you'd warn them that Jesus is coming. That's the unction, that's the energy, that's the chutzpah, that's the fire, that's the passion, that's the tears that we need as we invite people that they would come and be with us on Easter. Man, it's just the deal, are you with me? me pray for us about God would you break every heart right now every promiser would you burden us that you're coming back Lord Jesus and that we would be ready for our family and friends that today right now you would burden us you'd take the Holy Spirit inject a biblical burden you would give us faces and names and people and places that we need to go in the next week and a half that we need people need to bring we need to invest in God break our heart God for people that are far from you in Jesus' name. Folks, this is the deal. This is the deal. You know, we've we've argued a lot in the media lately about a travel ban. Travel ban. Well, there's a travel ban on heaven. It's called sin. And Jesus paid your ticket so that you could access heaven. So that you'd spend forever. There. Those of us who are born again, our travel ban's been removed. And it's our job to remove the travel ban from our family and friends that if Jesus comes back, they're going with us. So campus pastors, I want to invite you guys to come on up. I wanted you guys to go ahead and, and lead people in your campus because there's some people right now listening that right now your, gut, your stomach's hurting because you're not sure if Jesus comes back right now whether you're going or not. You can... Today is the day of salvation. Now's the acceptable time. Make your calling and election sure. Heaven is open. So campus pastor, I want you guys to come up. I want you guys to, to give the gospel, to, to give people a chance to be saved. Then share with your campus the services. And man, let's believe God that we're gonna bring, that we're gonna have the greatest harvest of souls. Pastor, why do you care? Why do you drive so hard? Because Jesus is coming back. And I don't want anybody that you love or I love, I don't want anybody to be left behind. It's our job, it's our calling. I love you so much. Next weekend, it's gonna get thick. I can't wait to see I love you in Jesus' name.